Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 226 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, we are back, and I cannot be more excited. The media pit, we got back together. Michael, Zach, myself, we're recapping the classics season and the road and all of the cyclocross personalities that were major factors in those races. And then we turn our eyes to the upcoming mountain bike World Cup season that kicks off this weekend in Alpstadt, Germany, and talk about all of the cyclocross action going on there, but just the mountain bike action in general. And I think that in the next uh, month here, we're going to be really digging into mountain biking. I I, want to make the argument to all of my cyclocross friends out there that if you have not been following cross country Olympic mountain biking now the time's to jump in it's going to look really familiar the racing between cyclocross and mountain biking now is is fan friendly it's spectator friendly you have a free stream on Red Bull TV so you do not have to subscribe to a yet another service you can just get it without having to open up your wallet so it's perfect uh jump in there we got the short track that's going to come out the same day that this is coming out on friday and then the cross country races on sunday but we talk about all that so i'm just repeating myself you're going to hear all of us discuss that in just a second but before i get to that i i want to ask all of you to Take a, a minute to head over to the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network homepage, wideanglepodium.com. Look at all the other shows we have out there. Do yourself a favor. Subscribe to Nowhere Fast. Subscribe to the Slow Ride Podcast. And subscribe to Criterium Nation. Rob over at Criterium Nation, is he is in it he is in the belly of the beast of crit racing he is responsible for the most hype we've seen in crit racing in years on his instagram page and that's going to just flow on over into his show so make sure you get on that so you get all in the latest going on in the crit beef okay let's talk about the classics let's also talk about mountain biking at Alpstadt in the media pit with Michael and with Zach and let's do that right now. It has been a while but we are back in the media pit. Michael I just want to say I'm so excited. Okay, yes, Zach, please jump in here. Michael, you only get one Albstadt. Don't miss your chance to blow. He let you off the hook. He let you off yeah. the hook. This opportunity I... only comes once in a lifetime. Albstadt? What? How did you? I'm, I, I was just going to say it's good to be back. How's it going? It's going great. I'm excited to be here. I don't. I don't have any puns because I was too busy uh, eating popcorn and looking at Instagram with the Criterium uh, Twitter beef so, or Insta- tw- the Crit beef. So hopefully we'll talk about that. Uh, hopefully I can get Rob to let me get on the show. But guys, I'm excited to talk about road racing with you guys. Well, th- great segue. <laughs> we are a cyclocross show, I guess. I don't like being a cyclocross show. I mean, I like being cyclocross show when we're in cyclocross season, but we got this great road racing going on. I think we're going to talk about the upcoming mountain bike world cup, because as I will yell at anybody who will listen to me, uh, cross country cycle. Uh, well, yeah, cross country mountain biking and cyclocross are just, you know, inching closer and closer to each other, uh, in the way they look and how the broadcast feels. But Bill, can I ask you a question? Yes. You talk about this mountain biking all the time. Yes. Is there a live stream? <laughs> there is a live stream. Although, yeah, Red Bull TV. Although I was, I saw something about how it. I, I think it was actually on the Trek Factory Racing Instagram. Maybe I'll have to pull this up. Where it was like 
live kind of what is this for like uh-huh. the, just a short track here hang on a second we're gonna do this this and that that's the the sort of the best part about mountain biking is right. that it's so accessible and last last year we had the three race season but you just could dial it up on red bull tv and boom you're in you're a fan you're watching it you're watching ev crash and then win races well, I have to say, as a, a professional podcaster here, I was doing my research, and I at the official event page for Albstadt, uh, it was listed. They linked. They were like, "Here, you can watch this." So maybe it's on tape delay. Is it on tape? Is there oh, is I, there some other event? Are they being bumped out? Are the Spring Classics moving to summer this year or something? What's going on? I misread the Instagram. <laughs> I take full responsibility for this. I'm sorry, John Rourke. I'm sorry to the rest of Trek Factory Racing. It is just of the picture of practice. And it says, coming to you sort of live. Meaning the pictures of the really nice picture here of, um, uh, who is that? Anton Cooper. Yeah, coming, coming off one of, those, uh, one of those rocky bends. So, so, so yeah, live. Live, Zach. It's all live. There's a live stream. Oh my gosh. Free. Live and free. You don't have to subscribe to a a service. Bill, wait, hang on. I want to know who took that photo. Let's give a little shout out. It's it's Ross Bell, I believe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Really nice. Cool. So we'll get I, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna get to the mountain biking because I think there's definitely you know, this is cyclocross radio and there are cyclocrossers. No, no, no. This is the media pit. Well, it's the cyclocross radio, right, media pit, right. Okay, so we're covering, yes, cyclocross in the media pit. We're going to talk some cross. I mean, there are cyclocross racers from top to bottom. Like, those fields are just stacked. Some may be former cyclocross racers. We'll get to that. We'll discuss that. But we also had cyclocross racers on the road, spring classics. It was phenomenal. Our boys, I mean, they've taken over the cycling world as we kind of, I think we kind of knew they were going to. Yeah, for sure. And and I think just like road races, uh, for those of you listening, you know, much longer races. So we can use these opening kilometers to sort of shake out the rust, you know, get, get that groove, get that flow. Michael's going to like go out on the early break and, uh, and, and start us off. Where are we starting? What, what, how, how do we want to do this? How do we want to talk about classics season? I, I, think, I think the way to talk about the classics through our lens uh, is who had the best classics campaign out of our regular cyclocross stars? Um, and I mean, I think we had some pretty awesome races. And I mean, I don't just a cursory look. I don't know that I could have a definitive answer so I'm curious to get in it with you guys, but I mean, I'm, I'm talking about Wout, I'm talking about Vanderpool, I'm talking about Pidcock. Um, I, I mean, I think from there it kind of gets a little bit like there are some sort of like middlers who maybe are raising, who are actually r- better riders in road than they are in cross. <clears throat> Johnny Vermeersh, um, <clears throat> Tim Merlier. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. It was. It was it was awesome spring season. Um, and Zach, there there is no mountain biking happening during spring classics because classics are over. Uh, oh, I was just now. suggesting perhaps they got moved, kind of like what happened last yeah. fall, if it was kind of like a weird... Michael, I know, I know I've been accused of not following bike racing, but I have a, <laughs> I have a working knowledge of how the seasons work. <laughs> Zach, I want to say this, that, you know, I, we, we, dra- we, we workshopped a funny tweet and our friends, the slow ride, just fumbled it across the end zone. <laughs> Luckily, they landed on the ball and they scored the touchdown. But goddamn, like Tim really it was screwed served that up. up on a platter to them. Um, Tim he really screwed that up. I mean, so like here's, I, so I look at like, I mean, obviously, I've made, I've, I've established that like I'm on Team Wout, and I think from the races that I watched, it seems that, and I'm thinking about like Strada and. Uh, the Tour of Flanders, especially, because I think those are, you know, Strata is Wout's race and Tour of Flanders is Tour of Flanders. And I think Vanderpool has kind was kind of showed that he could just kind of break Wout when he wanted to. But like Vanderpool's results, like he came up short at the Ronda. I mean, he won at Ron, shoot, uh, Tour of Flanders. I know I don't want to say it wrong because I know we know how that works. Um, you know, he won Strata Bianchi, Bianca. Is it Bianca? I think so. B- 
Bianchi. Bianchi. No, that's the bike. It's an E at the end. Um, so I don't know. So I look at that and it just seems like, you know, for Vanderpool, like coming up short at, you know, in a sprint at Flanders seems like kind of a disappointment. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you could also look at Vanderpool. I mean, like Vanderpool and Wout both raced uh, Tirreno Adriatico, a stage race. Um, and, you know, you had Vanderpool sort of essentially stage hunting while you had wow his counterpart kind of i mean going for the gc you know and winning a time trial winning a sprint and then finishing fifth on a mountain climb and then you had vanderpool who wins a sprint and then goes on a 60 kilometer break in the rain uh because he was cold absolutely guts himself almost gets caught by the tour de france champion um wins that race and maybe sabotages the rest of his spring campaign and one might argue that it was a waste of, of Vanderpool to do that in Terreno with, you know, with Flanders coming up where he, he lost in a sprint um, to uh, uh, Askering. But I, I, I'll put it to you guys, and I don't know maybe if you guys watched that race, but that was really entertaining what Vanderpool did. And I almost rather see him win that that stage that kind of throwaway stage in Tirreno and then come up short in Flanders which to me is a really good story point then sit in at Tirreno and win Flanders I don't know I don't know I mean I'll throw it back to I thought it was a super entertaining podcast that we did with Tim when we had the great uh, super rookie Tim when we last summer when we had the great Weirdly enough, in the fall while we were watching the Spring Classics. But anyway, that's 2020. You know, we're having the debate, the Wout versus uh, Machu debate. And, you know, I was on Team Wout. It was the, you know, he's just going to do the work, what you know, whatever. And Tim was like kind of on Team Vanderpool because he's going to do some really crazy stuff. And I, I just, as you were speaking about that race, that's just exactly what came to mind is Vanderpool is going to do the mind-blowing um, but he also still got really good results. So it's not like he was terrible in the rest of the classics. I mean, I'm looking, you know, at his results. He did pretty well. <laughs> and, and playing off of that, Zach, we also, that was the coach's son analogy for, for Wout. And, and I think that's still, that's still true. And that goes with what you were saying, Michael, is that Wout is looking at his road season. He's looking at, you know, Trena at Adriatico saying, okay, these are my goals for this race. This is how I'm going to be this team player plus go and do this and try to be in the GC. And it's all going to set up for what I'm going to do later in the tour, you know, and it, which we'll see if that even happens because now there's like, well, he's going to drop out of the tour to work, you know, to go do the Olympics and try to win a gold medal in the, in the time trial. But despite that, he has a plan. He has a calendar. He has goals in mind He's doing everything by the book. He's doing everything the way he set out. And then you get Vanderpool, who, you know, is in where was it that they all got where Vermeersh got COVID and then they all had to leave? It was some Middle East. Uh was it was it Turkey? No, it was like Bahrain or something like that. Or the UAE. Oh, UAE. UAE. Yeah, so they they leave there, and Vanderpool's like, oh, cool, well, there's this other race I can get into, so I'll just jump in there and do that race. And it's even what his dad says. I mean, Audrey Vanderpool's like, uh, you know, they're like, well, what's match are you going to do? He's like, I don't know. Ask him. We, we never know what, the, what he's going to do. He just decides what he's going to do, and he goes out there and does it. And I think that's it. I, I think that he, what we love about him is that he's kind of living for the day, you know, and that that, that goes along with that it's 60K, I'm going to go out there because I'm cold. You know, that was his strategy. I'm cold. I'm going to go as hard as I can from this point on so I can get to the finish faster and get warm. And, and, and that's kind of what he does. You know, it's, it's, you, look, you have all these people, these commentators going, okay, the best place to, to attack in this race is, is here at the 32-kilometer. And Vanderpool's like, whatever, I'm doing my thing. And it may work and it may not. And... I think the other thing that we saw for the first time with these two, and this is the question that I'll pose, is that the, and talk about structure and everything, and everybody's always pounced on them in the past that you can't do this forever. You can't do a 365-day-a-year cycling program forever. Is this the year that it's finally biting them? I whew, I mean, maybe. I mean, that, that'll be interesting to see, right? Because this is... Uh, Vanderpool does Flanders, comes up short in the sprint. Done. Road season over. I mean, I, 
I think he might have done Amstel. Um, I don't know if he would have done Flesh uh, or maybe Liege, but like, yeah, you you are maybe seeing that. Um, if you I are any other now- racer in the world and you lose a sprint, or even yeah, you lose a sprint and come in second. Are you getting are you getting uh, criticism that you didn't plan your season well? <laughs> Probably not. No, I mean no. But but most other racers hadn't just won uh, a world championship in cyclocross a few months prior. So I have a, that was going to be. I, I guess I'll come back to my other question or comment on that but like so that's one of my questions for you is i mean admittedly like i am the road noob um although to the credit of having these gentle dudes doing road like i'm very interested in it because you know it's met you and wow but like i'm amazed like so the the chocolate guy won um milan san remo it was like really <laughs> exciting but like you didn't really hear about the wait chocolate. zach 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 did you do you do you call him chocolate guy because of this cool show that we did last year Wait, what happened? <laughs> this little, this little, you, the little YouTube show called The Rough Draft, yes. where Bill made a fake movie poster. Okay, I just wanted to r- let people know that's still up on YouTube. Okay. They can watch it for jokes. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry, sorry. Well, so I'm just, but like, you know, so he wins this, and someone else might win, um, you know, another race or whatever, and it's a big deal. It's like the highlight of their season. Like, can you guys remember a time when there were two riders or any who just guaranteed Wow Image you were in the conversation? Like, they're in the break. Like every freaking race. I mean, that's I the thing is you're criticizing for being tired, but like that doesn't happen. They're in the freaking, like they're there in the right. conversation. I, I think the, the, the Boonen Consolara would be sort of maybe analogous in terms of, especially in the spring classics, sort of being up there or winning um, the big ones. I think, I think it's, yeah, it is interesting though, Zach, right? Cause in road racing, you get what you win a monument that's your, your year's gold, right? You're good. Like you, are you then to bring something from CX over to road? Like you win a monument first early season. Are you elite for the rest of the year? You know, like you, like the, like what it takes to be elite versus uh, sub topper or midler in road is like a completely different system than cross. But we have wow. And Vanderpool who are taking that uh, cross like schedule and a number of wins and just translating it directly to road. And that's, that's a good point. So yeah, give, well, I mean, Vanderpool can take a break after Flanders and he's not burnt out. Well, and so that's the thing. It seems like there's been a lot of, a lot, it seems like those were coming up, right? When Machu did the, the, the rope-a-dope, I'm tired. And then still clearly wasn't tired. I mean, he shattered Van Aert on that climb. He just came up short in a sprint, which is kind of a crapshoot, right? Like you could, play that out several times and does it have to do with being tired does it have to do with going at exactly the wrong second or whatever um so i think i'm so i guess maybe i didn't see as much drum beat but it seems like it's going to start beating louder especially for wout if he's not able to win a couple stages at the tour it's going to be like what are you doing bro like yeah and it's, you know. it, it's also it's it's like everything else and i i don't think that in cyclocross there is an equivalent because if you win Coke Sida one year, you, you don't dine out on that for the rest of your life. Where, whereas like Casper Asgreen, and it's not, he, he won Flanders, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of, he's good. He, he, yeah, he is elite already. Yes. He's elite road. But what I'm saying would, is yeah. like, that's kind of like if, if something horrible happened and he had to retire tomorrow, he retires as a tour of Flanders winner. And that's that's kind of in the conversation always. Matthew Heyman is always going to be in the conversation because he won Paris Roubaix. So that's you don't have. And then I guess my point is we look at Wout and we look at Matthew and and they're almost like throwaway races for them. They're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> they didn't win this monument. They'll just win the next one, or they'll be in the picture for there. And and what we expect out of them. Like they 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 make mere mortals' careers like on a weekly basis, and it's not enough. And that's kind of where I was going. Is like, you know, to me, it seems like there's this new paradigm. And Michael, you've established that there are other riders, but they come along. You know, Boonen's been retired for a few years. They come along once every ten. I you know, every so often, not very often. You know, we're looking at Wout. 
I'm just running, you know, fourth at Strada, third at Milan San Remo, uh, sixth at the at Tour of Flanders, and then he wins two of three races. You know, he wins Amstel, and we're just like, no, eh, not very good. Didn't win. Didn't win one of the ones. Uh, and to be fair, so here, Wout didn't. You know, he didn't. I guess the stage, but in the 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 classics, he didn't necessarily win one of the bigger races against Vanderpool, and then he kind of cleans up. Uh, gets a little bit of benefit, maybe a little, maybe a little technology benefit in, in that sprint. Um, at, was that Amstel? You know, like so, like you know, with Wout, does does that become the knock against Wout that like he can't beat Vanderpool? Because like you know, look at like Flanders, he got his he got his soul crushed <laughs> by Vanderpool. I think Zach, I think so. I think well, you know what's interesting though is that he wins Amstel Gold, and Amstel Gold is build. Did it did it make number one on your YouTube video for Vanderpool's? Controversially, t- yes, it did. Yeah, controversially. Okay. I, well, okay. No, no. I, I, I take that back. I think everybody agreed that it should be number one. Uh, some of my Dutch constituents disagreed with my why it was number one. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I thought that was interesting, though that that Vanderpool wins that in a in a spectacular way in 2019, and then and then Wout comes back and and wins that race. Um, when Vanderpool's not there, so it's a little bit like you're not around. Yeah, I, I will. I will take your territory. Um, but speaking of that race and maybe the advantage of a misplaced finish line, which maybe that will help him in the tour. Um, that brings us to another, you know, CXer in road had a great season. Um, Tom Picante Pidcock. Um, that's my new that's my new nickname, Tom Picante. He's a spicy boy. Um, when you know going to the line with Wow, uh, beating him the Wednesday before at the Brabantsta Pilge. Um, what about his season, guys? I I, I got caught because I got I got I, <laughs> the, the Brabantsta Pale, where I it was like I was like now was I told I was supposed to put the emphasis on the first syllable or the second? I think it was the first. So you threw me when you put on the second, and then the pale at the end. I nailed pale. That's all I know about that that race. I will never get that race correct. I'm sorry. It is it is actually one of my the, new favorite. The British races, commentator but... likes to roll all the R's, and I think you can just get away with it if you do that. I really want to avoid saying the name of this race, so we'll just call it D B P. Uh, gentlemen, did Tom Pickup come of age at that race? <laughs> He's a good, uh, he, he, you know, I, I mean, he's a good road racer. And, and I think this is, and we'll, when we talk about the mountain bike, I think we'll see it is like the advantage of is this is a guy who can finish races with classics riders who's also can just fly up hills. And I think that is such a, such a great combination for, um, for, for, for him. I mean, I, I think it's just it's it's he's he's got years. This is his first year as a full full on pro, right? First year as a pro, yeah. Uh, the Brabantsta Pilge <laughs> Field <laughs> uh, was his first pro win, and yeah, like I mean, that's he has. We I mean look, he he kind of races like he races cross. He like he wants to make it hard. He want he kind of wants to do it. I mean, it's a little bit different in the road. You can't quite do it in uh, as cross, but like. In cross, he wanted to take the race on himself, and he didn't want to wait for Vanderpool, and he wanted to maybe catch him off guard. And I think that he sort of ported that over to the road. And um, I don't know; it was exciting to see see him do that. And I don't know; like, I, I guess I would have to put Wow and Vanderpool over over his cl- classics campaign. But you know, look, he was there fifth at Strada Bianca, uh, third at KBK. I mean. Solid, solid season uh, for spring classics. Well, so I'll pose, this is the question I wanted to pose to you for each of these three gentlemen. Uh, if you're Michu, Wout, or Tomas, Picante, Pidcock, are you happy with your classic season, Michu? If, if you're him, I think yes. I would say unhappy for losing the sprint yeah yeah that would be the one wow happy yeah definitely happy <laughs> that yeah, was a no-brainer 
Over so, the moon. I mean, I think it's like – so that's why I wanted to post that because I look at like Vander – I think Vanderpolk pro- clearly had the best campaign, but like I don't know if he's 100% happy with it. Like, yeah. I think like he won right. Strata, but like you know he he didn't win Tour of Flanders, and so I just, that's why I kind of wanted to pose it that other way. And it's interesting that you guys had that split. I I just that's just because I think that yeah I don't know I guess I, I would take that back. I think that I think that Vanderpool would say that he wasn't satisfied. If anybody's going to say it, it's going to be him. You know, speaking speaking honestly like that, and which which brings me to the one one of my I think my favorite highlight talking about speaking honestly at that. Brabantse Pale race with uh, Pidcock out sprinting Wout and the first question, the Dutch <laughs> gaslighting commentator asked him in the interview is were you surprised you were able to beat Wout in a sprint? <laughs> and it, you could see even though he had the mask on it just took everything. for Pid- He even took like a long pause because I think he was collecting himself not to say of course, fuck no! I wasn't surprised. I can beat this guy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm gonna beat him again. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, it was wonderful. It was such a horrible question. <laughs> I loved it. I, I wanted just to tag on to Vanderpool, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, who I mentioned early was Johnny Vermeer, sort of my. Um, underrated, overperforming um, classics campaign. I mean. Seventh Flanders, tenth Gent Wegelvum, uh, ninth at E three, fourteenth um, at Strada Bianca. So, like, you know, to use one of the slow ride pod little guy Matt's MVDPs, MVPs. I mean, they actually had a really solid road team this year, and I think they 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 actually helped Vanderpool out a lot. And I think we saw with Wow. You know, he is the consummate teammate. Um, don't think we've ever seen him. I haven't, I don't know the last time he had a teammate in cross, but like when Wow had a teammate in the classics, you know, Gent, Gent Vegelem with, um, with, uh, Roselick, like he won, you know, he, he needed that. But we had Vanderpool, his guys were always there. His, his, his teammates were almost more active and prevalent than Decoin at Quickstep. And I thought that was, uh, pretty cool to see for a, not world tour team. Would you say, if we're going to go in your in your pepper analogy, would you say that uh, Johnny Vermeers is a ghost pepper? He sort of starts. It's, it's a little surprise. You're not really sure at first. It doesn't hit you, and then all of a sudden, just comes on really strong. I like that. I never. I don't. I've never had a ghost pepper, but I think that works. Yeah. Aren't those like the worst though in terms of spiciness? Yeah, the the Scoville scale is you know. Uh, well, I mean, he does. I mean, he does have a verb named after him during uh, during the winter season. So I, you know, I'd he can get spicy. spice that he brings to yeah. at least the show. I mean, he's got a verb named after him. <laughs> yeah. So I, it, it, it's also so. Would you call? I mean, I know you were a skeleton in that. Like people always, I'm sure we'll get comments if we don't talk about it. You know, about oh, but you didn't talk about you know uh, Julian Alaphilippe or or Trenton or guys who like once you know threw their leg over a cyclocross bike. Vermeer, I think we still consider a, a cyclocross racer. I mean, Tim Merlier does. He does not race anymore. He may race like once or twice a year, if that. But Vermeer still puts in a pretty good season. I mean, didn't Yanni, didn't he win a race at Jingle Cross like recently? He did, yeah. yeah two, well, two years races. ago. Yeah, Vermeer is a, is a crosser. Okay. Just making sure. Just making sure we're still putting him in there. I mean, I don't have like, it's it, the timing is weird, but I mean, I think it was the official uh, uh, definition of me that like, I feel like if you're not actively racing, like you get like a one year mulligan if you're like doing something else, or if you're injured or whatever. But like if you haven't raced cross within the last two years, like you're you're just you're not a cyclocross racer anymore. And we'll, we'll get to this for the mountain biking that we'll chat about. But yeah, like this, uh, you know, not to subtweet a certain publication that I worked once worked for, but like kind of I kind of lame, kind of weak sauce. To, to keep calling Alaphilippe a cyclocrosser. I mean, come on. That's weak. Yeah. Like, like I, I weak. agree. And I, and I like, look, I mean, you know, 
Pojikar apparently won Slovenian CX, but I mean, he's not a cross racer. I mean, look, we had this debate in the green room about Mariana Voss, right? And I, I said she didn't race cross at all last year. And you guys reminded me that she did win Robotland. Um, <laughs> Robotland. That's <laughs> Robotland. Um, but she raced, she, she raced seven times, which is okay. That's a, that's a season. I mean, that's, that's coming in late. And leaving early. The the interesting thing is that you look at her racing cyclocross, and I think that it 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 shows more how cyclocross has on the women's side has jumped a couple levels because I, I think the argument that you want to make when you see Mariana Voss in the cyclocross race, you're like, oh well, maybe she's lost a step, but then she jumps onto the road and she's still winning races, right? Yeah, dominantly. That's a good point. You know, I mean, she's just like. Uh, uh, in, in, in just just this force in the last couple of kilometers. Our boy Gianni did thirteen cyclocross races. That's what so I thought very much cycle. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a good point, and I think Bill, we've been kind of it's our evergreen content, but talking about uh, you know the greatest ever. Um, I mean, I think part of it is you know an unfortunate sidebar to that is that the it's become more difficult for her to win titles as the quality of women's racing has improved. And, you know, I, I called Michael out cause he was like, Oh, did Mariana Voss race cyclocross? And I think that's just kind of indicative where she is in the sport now and how the sport has evolved that like a seven time world champ raced. And we don't remember cause she was just a not like she's a middler. She really was. I mean, and, but not even a middler of note. It was just like she was irrelevant to the to the outcomes of these bike races. And, and Robot Land was a was a middler's race. That was like the middler's <laughs> opportunity. Well, we all personally kind of canceled that because we decided that it was the course and race that should be shot into the uh, into the sun. So I think that's part of the problem too. Is that I think we all were just like, yeah, we're not watching this. <laughs> I mean, hey, in our defense, the the cross racers didn't like it either. Hey, we are we are a pod. You know, we we might not race ourselves, and that might disqualify our opinions in certain camps. But we are we are a podcast that is in tune with the peloton. Here, here. What are we moving on to? Have we done road racing? Anything else we want to add there, Michael? No, let's move on. I want to. I want you guys. I want to learn about mountain biking. Well, like so, Bill. I, I think that's actually this point that Michael made. I think is like a great segue. This point that we're talking about is the evol. Or I guess you guys are both making it this evolution of women's cyclocross. And I, I think we have to start with the U twenty three cyclocross world champ. I'm sorry, the U twenty three race that's coming up. So it's the it's the first mountain bike uh, world cup this weekend in Albstadt, Germany. Uh, and so there is, you know, there's the elite races and then there's the U23 races and there's junior races, but the U23 women's race is like a replay. Well, it could be, I don't know if it's going to the outcome, but like we've got some cyclocross talent in this race bill. Yeah. And if we're going to talk about the U23 field, I think one of the, the, the coming out party that we saw last year, if we're talking about cyclocross racers was primetime sailing Alvarado that actually started that that's where the nickname came from. And she showed up Nova Mesto and just won her second world cup mountain bike race in the U23 field. And, you know, there were a couple of the U23 riders who were riding elite. So when it came to the world, she got third place, but if we're still talking about cyclocross, Zach and that world championship for the U23s. Bill, do you know who finished second? Are, are you into geometry? Hmm. Are, you, <laughs> are we talking angles here? Are we talking? Uh, I, th- I think we are. I think a basic formula that everyone learns, you know, in sophomore year high school <laughs> geometry. Uh, we learned everyone was an expert on this. On this, would this be cyclocross world? Would this have something to do? Would this have something to do with a hypotenuse? It would. <laughs> Who was second at U23 Worlds? <laughs> Blanca Vosh. So, yeah, Primetime got beat by Blanca Vosh. I mean, who also had a great... Uh, and by the way, I love... We, we had a great... Uh, just quick sidebar. I think there was someone that was doing a review of... Um, like podcast and we got a shout out and whomever that was, we really appreciate it. And they were like, if you want a detailed breakdown of like, you know, line choices and then musings about the sideline inflatables. 
and I think this is just like indicative that we have these inside jokes that we're just like running into the ground. I think this is like peak media pit to be like talking about geometry. And I assume most of our listeners probably know what we're talking about. Yeah. Taking the, taking the long way around in the sand that may or may not have cost you a world championship depending on which 100 experts in cyclocross you choose to ask. <laughs> Who else we got, though, in the U23 field? Uh, hold on a sec. I want to like... navigate my way. Let's see. Because we, we will have, so as I was saying, Alvarado this year elite, so she is no longer U23. So she's not in this race. However, uh, Blanca Vash is back. So she will be racing in Alpstadt. Wow, we've got the soccer player turned um, soccer cross racer. Sorry, sorry, soccer player turned world champ CXer Femme Van Empel. And right below her, Anna Kay. Your girl. Above her, Puck Pierza. Yeah, so we go down into the, I guess the numbering is kind of weird, but we get into kind of like the 30s. So we're looking like fourth or fifth row. Um, we have an impressive list of, of riders down there. Uh, Harriet Harnden is one we haven't heard from in a while. I mean, she had that big uh, fourth place finish at Valkenburg. I don't know if she's necessarily well, she replicated. Signed, that, signed that as that and signed, yeah. signed as an enduro racer and and racing racing cross country because I don't think the enduro season has has started yet. So she's out there. Yeah, with these with these start lists, which I think we're going to to post on the bulletin so we will we'll, uh, get them out to you all the one thing is that because I, I i can't i guess this is the grid so this is the this is just it says entry list but it looks like it might be start list because it is so this is uci number, rankings and i i really don't like that they do it this way yeah, they I used like, to do it by country right and cyclocross still does which yeah. i love because i was like trying to look up like where are the where are the americans and i I was like, ah, where are they? So I think this is a UCI rank. We'll get to the elite. So we're not there yet. So yes, these are the, this is the call-up order based on UCI points. Which would make no sense at all that Kadavash is starting in the second row after getting a second at Worlds. Yeah, so another, I mean, I guess another rider, interestingly, that is doing the U23 race, and I guess we can just keep in this, this theme of sticking on um, the women's side, is I... I mean, I don't know. I, I think we look at like Le, uh, Leona Lacompta, and yeah, you know, I mean, she kind of shocked the world when she beat Ferran Prevo, and I think it was Terpstra last year in the first. I mean, that was like that was shocking. I mean, she's twenty one, another French rider, uh, but you know, she went on to like crush U twenty three worlds, so like she is legit. But I mean, Bill, like if you're following Swiss mountain biking, has the world been? I mean, kind of friggin' shocking. <laughs> Yeah, Mona Mitterwalner, the name to remember. Uh, take, take in that first round, uh, first Swiss Cup might not have been the first Swiss Cup, the most recent Swiss Cup race, the one that's notable because basically the who's who of mountain bike showed up for that race. Do you have the Do you have the standings up there? Because she she ran away with this thing, if I am not mistaken. She did. I mean, so we have Kate Courtney former world champ Pauline Ferran Prevost three-time world champ Yolanda Neff former world champ Emily Batty good result for her but she's former uh podium finisher at worlds um so I mean like you have like the three who's I mean I'm sorry but like so she was born 20 you're 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 19 and you show up and you beat Kate Courtney Pauline Ferran Prevost and Yolanda Neff like and 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 Jen Jackson. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, so I don't want to. I, I I'm I'm, I'm excited. I just want to get cookies when we go to cross races this season. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so I'm like totally curious to see what she does. I mean, so her grid position sucks, though. I mean, if we're if we're going by this, we're looking at her grid position, so we might not see it uh, right away. Um, but at the same time, then uh, Lacompta, Leona Lacompta, she is still U23, but she is racing the elites, and I mean. She might be, I don't know, just the influx of young talent into women's cycling is mind-blowing. And it's awesome that uh, Mona here, she's from Austria, not necessarily a a powerhouse. Two minutes. She won this race by two minutes. Wow. It's just, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. The, the, I, maybe maybe that everybody is like working their way up into into racing, but that is that is something that is something to behold. You know, you had people like not having as good races, like Yana Bella Moina, who is definitely can can be up there near the front. It's just this was a this was a stacked race, and she just ran away with it. This was a climby race, and maybe that has something to do with it, but Alpstadt also a climby race. Alpstadt has uh, two really big climbs in it, and and, and that that is really going to favor people who can go uphill fast, and we're going to see them on the men's side too. You know, the winner of this Swiss race on the men's side, not to, you know, (laughs) spoiler, Tom Pitcock also (laughs) ran away with it, right? Wasn't this the race that he won? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think we will get to them. So like, uh, I want to ask my, pose my question as we yeah. move on to the elite women. Um, I is, I think it's applied. Like is Yolanda Neff. I mean, Pauline Provan or Ferran Provo, I think that ship sailed. She hasn't raced cross. I don't think since that crash. I mean, I think that she's just kind of left cross behind and she's just, <laughs> she's out here just winning, you know, just winning championships. She's two time defending champ, but like, I don't know. It's it seems like there was this um, strong, you know, it's like across magazine. We covered it because it was like there's all these cyclocross racers. You have Ava Lechner and um, you know a few other. You Annika uh, Longvad even dabbled in some cyclocross. But it's almost like it switched to where we have, and we'll get there. Is we have like relevant cyclocrossers in the men's race versus the women's. So just kind of a, an interesting. Thing. But it seems like the conversation has to start with Fran Prevot. I mean, she won two of the three races and was pretty dominant at Worlds. Bill, what are you, what are you keeping your eye on? Because I think we really suffered not having Neff um, on form because she suffered. You know, she had that crash uh, at, in Pisgah um, after her great rough draft cameos. Um, <laughs> You know, I think we, you know, the, the competition between them kind of suffered and uh, Kate Courtney had just an off week, which it was literally a week <laughs> that these races took place. So what are you looking for to make women's races competitive? Who else are you looking at this year? Well, I, I, I think you you definitely nailed some, you know, seeing Kate Courtney up there was a really good thing in that Swiss race. And I think she's going to come into this, this season hot. This will be, I think, her third season. The last season is tough because it was so short. So second, is, third full season, third yeah. full season, yeah, uh, in in the elites, and I I think that she is still gonna gonna be right up there. You know, PFP is uh, definitely looking strong. Uh, Rebecca McConnell, Beck McConnell's been out there for racing for years, but really came into her own last season looking strong just to, just always at the end there i think this this might be the year that if she's able to finish off off some races this is this is going going to be it but the the ones that i i also think you need to take a look at are racers like cena frey who was kate courtney's nemesis in the in the u23 races who's now had a couple of season and can find herself at the front of races. I don't know what she's looking like coming into these races, but I think that'll be a really good look. And past that, I think we just have to have to see um uh Lecomte, of course. You know, I mean that's that she, we can't we can't leave her out. She's definitely going to be a, be a, a force out there. See what she does. I mean past that anybody any other names come to mind for you all? Well, I mean, I think Ava Lechner is just the I credit to her. I mean, she pulls off the second place finish <laughs> at Worlds last year. I think she's one of those riders. I don't think she's always in the conversation. She but was like she was the one that took advantage of a cyclocross esque Worlds course. There was a lot of running, a lot of mud, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that um, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm eternally impressed by Ava Lechner as a bike racer. I think she's just interesting to me that like you'll completely forget about her and then she'll just be like hey <laughs> and then do something really awesome and i think that that's um something interesting um so yeah so cena Frey finished fourth at worlds and so she is you know on the up and up and then uh another on team ginger uh rounding out your wide angle podium uh, isla short another british ginge 
Um, and I don't know if that like was reflective of her results. Um, but the reason that I am excited about this season is I've become a gimmick already and it just, I keep doing it and the gimmick just keeps coming back. The back gimmick, all caps. It just keeps working, but I'm excited because we are on Sandy poof back watch we're on Emily Batty backwatch. I mean, Emily Batty's still only 33. Um, she's had some down years. She had a nice seventh place, not bad. Um, might even have been top Canadian. Uh, so I'm you know, excited to see if maybe she can get back in that conversation and break into those uh, top tens with her new program. So I'm excited that there's back potential from this women's field. I, I have a question for you. Does seven cyclocross races make a cyclocross racer? Seven in 2021. Yeah. We good with uh, that? Yeah, who are we looking at? Then? Seven in 21. Uh, so 2020, 2021. Well, five in 2021. Oh my gosh. Are you going to talk about who I think you're going to talk about? Ann Tauber. That's who I'm talking about. Oh, we didn't even mention Evie Richards yet. Oh my God. Like, so Evie Richards, like the star of the short track races, surprise, surprise. They're like, look at all these watts she's throwing out. And we're like, yeah, no, no, no shit, guys. No. <laughs> Welcome to the Evie Richards. I'm just, so my concern, Bill, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts is that like, we know Evie. We know that Evie is, I mean, she is a prime specimen to race cyclocross. She is jacked. Um, but there's a lot of climbing on these courses. And I think we saw where, and albeit it was like her first year as an elite, but she was struggling to, she was kind of trickling at that top five-ish. Like, do you think she's going to be able to to add that skill to her repertoire to get over the top to be in the conversation to win races? She won a World Cup at Alpstad as U23, beating Kate, Kate Courtney and Cena Fey, Frey, I think in, I want to say, 2018, 2017. Okay, so my, so, my question is answered. Yeah, she can she can race this course. This one this one is is a good one for her. Okay, but I would just say in general. I mean, I think if she can add that skill, I think that she was in that conversation. I mean, if you watch the races, I think she was up top five ish, you know, in a couple of the races. So, um, you know, I think and she's going to be sensational in the short track races. Yeah, and it, it is it it really is going to be the short track, and then it's going to be the power races. I think this is Alpshot's a, a a weird one foot, but she seems to do fine on it. You look at her a, a race like Nova Mesto, where it's just like power that I think that she she can do well at. But we'll see. I mean, she's been training her butt off, so we'll see how how it goes for Evie. Let me let me. I want to I want to wait. I want to back up and and ask kind of a noob question, as I feel like I'm the I'm the noob here. I'm getting into mountain biking. You know, we had last season was was a good teaser because of how short it was but just can you guys just break it down for me the world cups how many how long just the summer fall what do we got like related to me like cross um so there's typically like six to eight this year there's six um so there's going to be and typically the way that they do it especially at the beginning as bill will tell you this that these there's events that just are always on the calendar and they don't give up their races <laughs> And so usually it starts with, uh, and they do it really well. They do like two week blocks. And so like this week is Alpstadt. And then next weekend, I believe will be Nova Mesto, which is just a classic in the Czech Republic. And they'll kind of do it that way. Um, there was a year that they started in South Africa in March, but typically they start in May, they end in August or September. This year there's six Tokyo is at the end of July. So there's three, then there's Tokyo and then there's one, then there's the world championships. So the world championships are at the end of August. And then there's two post. So there's two world cups that are in the races that we don't really care about in cyclocross. The, uh, you know, post world champion. And those are the yeah. North American ones, right? At least one is, I know snowshoe is one of them. Yeah. Oh, is MSA year. not so happening? That, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, so, so that, so they have, but so they have the world cups post world championships, but so like, it's, you like in cross where it's like the the world cups don't go past the world championship so when the world champ is over that's the final prize then you got the rest of the racers for the midlers to shine but you still have that world cup overall they're fighting for post world championships um question do they get to wear the world championship jersey yes after they win it okay cool here's a couple a couple things to think about for this season and and zach did a great job explaining how the season works one with these two week blocks, what I really, well, one, if you're covering it and you're from North America, it's great because you go over there for three weeks, you cover the two races, you come home for a month, and then you go back. And that kind of a schedule, I think, 
makes the races bigger events makes the races more important unlike what we're looking at in cyclocross right now and even to the point that there are dutch cyclocross races complaining that there's nowhere on the schedule for them to be because of the super prestige and the world cup at this point and then i guess the 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 ducky cross as well they take up the whole schedule and there's nowhere else to put your race if you want to be a big race it's done there's nowhere to go world cups just have devalued themselves in cyclocross because there are so many it's really cyclocross is like major league baseball or the or the nhl and mountain biking is the nfl they're events. They're just very limited schedule and everybody is training for them. Nobody is skipping. Nobody's saying, hey, I'm not going to race the World Cup because I'm going to race the Ducky Cross the next day. That's more important. That doesn't happen. World Cup is everything. So that's the cool thing about this. All the focus is on these races. That's what they are training for. That's the only goal out there. Except for this year. And it happens every four years. And that's the Olympic years. And these are the crazy years. These are the years that drive team owners and team managers nuts because the Olympics overrides everything. And the whole season is based around doing well at the Olympics. That is the only goal. That is the A race. Everything else is a C race. So you will have people who are not going to be peaking for Albstadt because their eye is on July, their eye is on the Olympics. And it 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 truly it drives teams nuts because they're like we're paying your bills. We are supporting you, we're doing everything for you and you're going to come in to these which are the most important races on our calendar at 70%, right? You know, and, and so this is, this is just crazy year for mountain biking. It's it's just, it has a whole different feel in normal times. I think now we, we may still get that excitement just because we haven't seen it and we had an abbreviated season last year. So we're going to get more excitement because of that, but it's still the Olympics, which rule over everything else. And there, there are still races that are Olympic qualifiers for countries. So you will have the Swiss racing only against the Swiss because there are 20 of them who want the three spots on the men's Swiss team. So they're just going to be like going after each other. And that's all that matters. I was going to say the qualifying part is interesting. And then you throw in these uh, CX come roadie wannabe mountain bikers like Vanderpool in the mix. Talk about uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, annoying let's, your sponsors. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the, the men. Yeah. Uh, I think... I guess I'll we'll, we'll get to kind of the the world's fluke because I think you're you have a better take on that. But like we have Nino Schurter, he is the Mariana Voss of mountain biking. What he win like seven in a row or something? I mean, it was just like yeah. like Nino Schurter was your world champion, and uh, like many athletes, like he's also getting old. But 2020 weird year, but a little bit of a, a fluke. Fluke win at Worlds, you called it. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the dude who won Worlds. Hey, Jordan Soros, great. He's a, he's been on the scene forever. He's a he's a, a super fast guy, but I, I just think that if you were going to put money down, he is not your odds on winner for worlds. I think I think that's still people are looking at Nino. And to have him in the world championships is pretty awesome. And you got guys like Avancini who who are also have been up there. You know, you looked at when we finally saw the cracks in Nino, it was when it would be three racers at the front. It would be Vanderpool, Scherter, and Avancini. And it what would always happen is that Nino would go out hard first because he knew that was his only chance. He just had to outpace them from the front and hope that they broke. Because when it started getting to the 45-minute, you know, 50-minute, and you had like 30 minutes left, then Avancini and Vanderpool still had the firepower to attack, and they would just put in these brutal short attacks, and and they just it it, it broke Nino week after week. He just could not could not deal with them. So that's I think we're going to see more and more of that. I think that that group at the front though may be bigger. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what Vanderpool does when he comes in here. Wait, is he on the start list? 
somewhere in there. It's as I said, it's impossible to say. And as far as the Olympics yeah. go for him, he he's 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 male and Dutch, so he doesn't have to worry about it. So uh, I think this is uh, when we're talking about Vanderpool, and since we're doing this for the first time, and you know we've got Michael here in the pit. I mean, we got to talk about the short track races. Yeah, I will uh, say I, I just before I get yelled at, I I. I <laughs> I know, I know, like the guy with the great name, Milan Vader, is is also Dutch. So I'm I'm sure he'll get the other spot. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we got to talk about the short track races. I mean, if you're a cyclocross fan, uh, this is this is your thing. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of like so. What they did is about two years ago, I want to say. So it used to be based on World Cup points for call ups. They said we're going to do a short track race on Friday, and so basically the top forty in the world cup standing well this first race top 40 uci qualify second race is top 40 in the world cup overall in the race to get to a short track race it's what 20 minutes yeah uh, it's like it's, tw- 20 minutes plus a lap or something like that yeah it's exhilarating they're all like two minute laps it's a giant pack um and i just you watch vanderpool i think bill was it your video that i got this that vanderpool's won like 10 of them yeah, I, think I mean, he's, he's lost and, like and two, the, maybe. That, the best part is to just watch him. He'll be with Avancini and just murder. There's always one climb. It's very short, and he'll just <laughs> Vanderpool the climb. And it's just like now I know how Wout feels. <laughs> and it's just like it's like clockwork. Um, they should just name the race after him. I mean, they're they're perfectly built for him. It's like do a really hard attack up a hill and like. I mean, he kills people. It's unreal. Yeah, and it's amazing. That, so I think Avancini may have beaten him in one. The other guy that beat him once was Sam Gaze, who teammate of I think still is he, isn't he an Alpecine Phoenix Phoenix guy uh, making his way back to mountain biking. Sam Gaze is a guy who you know was one of the few to beat Nino Scherter in his prime in South Africa, and then kind of right. you know through injury and everything else, and just trying to figure out if he was a road racer or a mountain biker, sort of fell off the scene for a little while. But he's he's back, so it'll be interesting to to see how he does. And I think we need to talk about our other guy now too, Pitters Tom Pitcock in there, and it, it's really interesting with him. This is a really important race, and this goes into what Zach was saying for Pitcock because he will not be part of this short track race. So he has no opportunity to make it into the top two rows, starting rows of, of the grid because he hasn't, he has zero UCI points other than I guess that, that Swiss race, but it's not enough to, to get him up there. And then, so his goal is to get into the top 40. That's his really his only goal at Alpstadt. You know, I mean, I'm sure he's hoping for much more than that, but that's what he wants to do on Sunday so that he can come into Nova Mesto, be in that short track race, and line up to next to Machu, who's not going <laughs> to, you know, acknowledge that he's there and be like, what's up? Let's go race some bikes. So if, if he's short track would he then be at the back of the short track so it's another another uh yeah but so, it's okay a, one quite but it's a cross it's like a cross start and i think that pidcock is skilled enough even with the wide bars to be able to work his way up there let me ask you guys this is the what's more important the start in a mountain bike race or a start in a cross race i think a mountain bike race like to do well in the start or to have a good grid spot I Both. think that I it it I think they're similar. I think they're really similar because there are some courses that are going to you you're going to come come to that that spot where everything just jams up and people are going to have to get off their bikes and if you're in that top 16 to 20, you're free sailing and it's just like huge gap right from the start and that does nothing but grow. And you have to be special. You have to be Vanderpool at Nova Mesto who can just like, oh, I crashed three times, yet I'm still just making my way through this whole crowd and still being in the top ten, you know. But that's so was Albstadt the race, Bill? Like was it was Albstadt first that year, the the year when it happened? I mean, I feel like eighth place has to be Pitter's goal. Was that was that like twenty seventeen or twenty eight like the raid, right? Like the the thing when it happened, when you got an interview, when no one wanted to talk to him. <laughs> no, that was Nova Mesto. Okay, but that was there was the, the week race before. before that. That was the week before. So it was Alpstadt. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that has to be Pitter's goal. He, his goal yeah. has to be a hundred to eight. Yeah, or he's just exactly. He's not, yeah, not good no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, Vanderpool <laughs> was 
top 10 at Nova Mesto coming from the back and crashing a couple times and nobody knew who he was. And then he showed, and then he got like the next week he was second to, 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 um, Scherter, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think he crashed in that race too, but he yeah, did. that was he like did. the coming yeah. out. That was yep. like the, and we're like, yeah, we know. Um, that was, yeah, the, so that was the, I think that like was the, the Oakley, other, the Oakley story uh, as well. Everything, everything happened at that Alstadt race. Okay. I mean, another rider, uh, again, his cyclocross cred has expired, um, but a, a national champ who's also coming of age, uh, Chris Blevins. I mean, I look at Blevins, I look at his, I mean, I, and I don't mean to like slight any of our men, but like the dude is so freaking talented and he is so skilled on the bike and he's had success at U23 Worlds like in the, you know, on the mountain bike scene, I just look at him as like one of our hopes on the men's side for achieving results. And he's now graduating. And I think you'd say he's the youngest rider in the elite field. That floored me. I mean, all of us have been following Chris Blevins in cyclocross when he would show up for cyclocross and me for mountain biking. And it seems like in my head, this kid's like 27. You know, he's like, he's, he's like a, a, a hair away from 30 years old, but it ends up, he's just out of U23. And yeah, I think he's the only one born in 1999 in this, in this race. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely have my eyes on him. I mean, no, no offense, but like, I mean, just watching him like at Reno nationals and just like watching what he can do on a bike is just like pure. I mean, there was the great, like all time great, like. I wish the rough draft was still going when this happened. So he is roommates with Lancy pants. Uh, and so we saw that Lancy pants was out here jumping off rocks, uh, in Fayetteville, <laughs> which was great to see. But, you know, Lance said that was like the first time in six years that he's done a mountain bike race, but like, so him and Chris are doing like a super cut. They're doing like a ride and they got someone to film them. And like Blevs is just sending everything. And like Lance is just kind of like, doop. <laughs> and like you know blevs is just doing cool stuff he's throwing in tail whips and stuff and then like i think it was lance's sister chimed in and she was like why are you so lame compared to the other guy <laughs> <laughs> too so much funny. road yeah well I, I, but here's the thing like uh lance he rides with Levin's a lot now and in in Fayetteville in those races like the, the guy's got skills jumping off rocks now he can he's got um, a good, so got I, have, a good I guess I have I'm, I, I'm placing a lot of hope yeah. in, in Chris Blevins and I'm excited to see uh, what he can do just because he is so freaking talented on the bike we, we, we can't not give a shout out to our man Don Sota also on the line. We saw him also jumping off rocks on Instagram. I, I shared that with you guys. So, little, little Belgian in the action. When when I was working for Track years ago, we would have always have guest riders at this race. This was kind of the race that they would show up for, and uh, you know, outside of the tent, all of a sudden looking for some support because they're also track athletes. Would be. Tom at that time would be Tom Mason and Quentin Hermans and they show up and they, they'd race the world cup races, just sort of like drive down together and uh, go and do these races. <laughs> that, 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 that's kind of like, I see that as the, uh, what, uh, what Don is doing, you know, it's, it's kind of that same program, which, which is awesome. I, I love seeing that. And of course, uh, Quentin won't be there since he just got named to the Giro team. So road racer. Yeah. So that's a question I think I've, Posed Grand Tour to Cyclocross season. Um, we were talking in the green room about doing uh, the Unbound Gravel, and then how does that affect your uh, your cross season? So I wonder how the uh, Grand Tour will help out um, Quinton. Q and on. I think last year actually, uh, Joris Neuenhuy said that it really negatively affected him. Uh, I think he gave, I saw an interview where he said that he just lost. He lost the snap and the pop, um, you know, and it might be different for Wout because Wout is a sprinter and he's allowed to develop those skills and kind of like that high end. But that was kind of mm. interesting to me. Uh, but I want to go back to the men's list. We'll see. We'll play last quiz to the last, the last call up number. God, I think it's like number it's insane. 100. It's insane. 
How many people and are in like this race? Like 58, if my math, yeah, my math is correct. Uh, I believe teammate of Vanderpool, uh, cyclocross national champion, German national hero. Yeah, well, that kind of gives it away. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know if I, I had any other quiz. I'm looking at it right now. Marcel, Marcel Meissen, your number yeah. 158. Like, <laughs> poor guy. Like, they're going to be doing call up for like 17 minutes. And they'll be like, you know, number one in your hearts of German folk, but number 158 on the starting grid. Uh, Marcel Meissen. So good for him pulling in that last spot. It'd be good to see him. But good to see him out there. I'm excited. I kind of don't care about the Giro. That's not true. But I'm I'm my weekend will be dedicated to watching mountain biking, and I'll check the highlights for the Giro. So that's how I feel. Heck yeah, that's what we like to hear. I know we were all over the place in this one. As I said, you know we got we got to work back into this. But the nice thing is that next week when we get together. We'll have the results. We'll be able to talk about these races. So I, I hope that all of you uh, tune in to the Red Bull streams, and then um, you can you can shoot us some questions. Uh, send us send us the questions of what you thought about the mountain bike races or anything else that's going on. Feedback at cxhairs.com or just hit us up at Twitter or on Instagram. All of our accounts are linked in the show notes. Guys, can I can I can I just say it's great to be back. I was just going to say this was Radio. And with that, (laughs) we'll see you all next week. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, It's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. (laughs) 